We are back live with another episode of Sarge's NBA DFS podcast. It is Thursday, May 13th. We got a nine-game slate today. And right off the bat, this slate has been incredibly quiet. Like, there's some news that we need um, with with a lot of teams throughout the night, but just haven't gotten a lot of, of news. Usually you get, like, a doubtful or a probable um, from teams on some of these guys that are questionable, but just haven't gotten a lot yet. So super quiet couple hours leading up into the slate. It's about 1.30 here on the West Coast, so we still got some time. The 2.30 injury report comes out in about an hour, and you know when I'm wrapping this thing up, we'll probably get a little bit more news, but for right now, it's quiet. I have a pretty good read on the slate so far. It's just some of these guys I don't know whether they're going to play or not because it's I mean, you got a guy like Jimmy Butler who left the game last game um, with with blurry vision after getting hit. Don't know really how that's affected. It's not like a real tough injury, you know, where you like twist your knee up or so. It's just it's hard to say. So um, let's just get into it. We got a, a fun slate today. A lot of these games are five o'clock or, or before eight out of the nine are starting <clears throat> before five o'clock or at five o'clock. So, you know, it's weird because you got eight before five o'clock or at five o'clock and then one at seven. So not a ton of time to switch your lineups. I think the last game, which is Portland at Phoenix is a very competitive um, game and not getting a ton of ownership as of right now. So it could be, you know, advantageous to leave some space to get some guys in that game. Cause I really like it. And, you know, I don't think there's going to be a ton of ownership in that late night hammer at seven o'clock. First game of the day at four o'clock, we have two games at four. And then we have three games at 4.30 and three games at 5. So nicely spread out here. Clippers headed into the Charlotte. It's a 223.5 point total. The Clippers are favored by eight. Um, right off the bat, you know, we got Kawhi Leonard at 8,400. He's still too cheap. Only played 30 minutes against Toronto in a blowout, but six for 10 from the field, um, seven rebounds, five assists. He's too cheap. It's, you know, when, when you project Kawhi Leonard at 8,400, I have him in for only 30 two minutes in this one just because I just don't think they're going to risk anything with Kawhi Leonard. I still have him in for 43 and a half fantasy points as a projection. So, you know, if this game stays close and he's able to run 35 minutes, the upside with him is huge. Like he, he's priced at a point where he's not a star or a stud on DraftKings, which makes sense because the minutes have been low, but this is a great matchup against Charlotte. They don't have anyone to defend him. McDaniels is probably going to be out there on him. I mean, it's going to be barbecue chicken for Kawhi Leonard all day here today. Really like the matchup. Um, his price has come a little bit closer to Paul George since he's come up a couple hundred bucks and Paul George come down. But he plays at almost a tenth of a fantasy point per minute better than Paul George. Paul George plays one or two extra minutes. But I like Kawhi Leonard here a lot. I prefer him to Paul George, but I, I don't hate Paul George. I still have Paul George in for almost 44 fantasy points. Um, it's just a matter of fact that Kawhi Leonard's cheaper. So like both of these guys, don't mind getting to uh, a, a, a good amount of both of them. Just be aware of their ownership. If you see one of them creeping up really high and the other one going a little bit under owned, just go with the guy that's going to be a little bit lower owned um, just for game theory purposes. But I, I, I do like both of them. They're my two favorite plays um, on the Clippers. Like getting to a bit of Zubach too. He's not really that owned here today. I would assume his ownership stays below 10% for sure. I don't know where it's going to end up, but played 30 minutes last game against Toronto. Um, his minutes are just kind of, they're, they're not necessarily matchup um, 
they're not like he's not going to go just because he's playing a, a huge like let's say he's going across from uh, I don't know Joel Embiid. That doesn't necessarily mean that they need him to guard Joel Embiid and he's going to run you know 32 minutes. A lot of times they go small and they force other teams to go small as well. Um, or they'll just take the disadvantage going small because they have a guy like Marcus Morris, um, you know, playing the five and he's able to space the floor. So it's worth it for them. It just Zubach's minutes are kind of based on how he's playing and just sometimes randomness. So I like Zubach. He's come up a couple hundred bucks, but he's still a little bit underpriced. If he plays 28 plus minutes in this game, he's going to smash that price tag. So I like him in tournaments and we know Charlotte gives up a ton to centers. Um, so for that reason, I think Zubach is the guy I go to after the stars. And then after that, really not interested in a whole lot. I get if you want to play a little bit of Patrick Beverly. He, he's cheap, but he's not going to run probably more than 21-ish minutes. Batum came in and closed last game, only played 23 minutes. I know he's 3,800. I just don't think the upside with him is that high with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard there. And same goes with Marcus Morris. 5,400, his price has come down, but um, I think he's a fine play in tournaments because he's going to be unknown, but I'm not going to get to him in, in any sort of crazy amount. On to the Charlotte side. Let's start with LaMelo Ball because he is the highest um, points per minute fantasy producer on this team. The only problem is since he's come back from that wrist injury, he's consistently playing around 31 minutes a game. He had one game against Orlando where he went up to 34, but other than that, it's been 31 or less minutes. I would expect that number to stay in check. Even in a close game against, um, against the Clippers, I still think he probably plays 32 minutes, not at a maximum, but like at a medium. So, um, I have him in for 32 minutes. I have him in for just under 40 fantasy points. Doesn't look great because of that price. He's going to go unowned um, just for the reasons I just said. The minutes haven't been there. Uh, I don't really want to play him that much in tournaments because I'm scared of the minutes, but um, I, I just think it's a, it's a spot against the Clippers who are good defensively where um, LaMelo Ball are being cautious with him, even though the ownership's low. I, I just don't want to get much. I do like Terry Rozier. His minutes have been huge. Um, 41, 42, 39 minutes in each of the last um, three games. It's due to a number of things. Gordon Hayward being out, Miles Bridges being out, um, Lamella Ball's minutes being down. But another just odd thing that I've noticed is when Devontae Graham gets a ton of minutes, it doesn't necessarily affect Terry Rozier's minutes, which is a bit surprising because – you know, you would think with with Lamella Ball playing 31, 32 minutes, um, Devontae Graham running out there would uh, affect Terry Rozier's minutes, um, but it, it just hasn't. He, he's still running out there massive minutes. They'll run a three-guard lineup with Rozier, Graham, and Ball. Um, and for that reason, I think Terry Rozier's upside is just huge. When a guy's playing that many minutes, his price has now dropped below 8K. He's a guy that we've seen scored six, 60 fantasy points multiple times. Um, I do like Terry Rozier today at 7,700. The, the ownership with him is relatively low. He's probably going to be the highest owned Charlotte guy, but, you know, probably going to fall around, I would, I would assume seven to 8%, you know, it could see him go down to five up to 10, but matchup isn't great. I just think the minutes are, are just huge and you want to get to a guy that plays that many minutes and plays over a fantasy point per minute, like a little bit of Zeller, um, like a little bit of Devontae Graham, both of their prices have come up. They both come off the bench. Um, similar to some other guys, like, if they're playing really well, they'll go out there and run. If they're not, you know, they'll probably play 18 to 22 minutes. So I like some Cody Zeller. I like Devontae Graham. Both going to be low-owned and both have an opportunity to play um, closing minutes and have – they both have high ceilings. 
Next game, we got Milwaukee at Indy. The highest total in the game. The the, the total in this game is is very inconsistent throughout betting sites. You have a couple of sites having the total closer to 240. I've seen some sites having it closer to 245. So either way, a huge total in this one. Milwaukee's favored by eight. Milwaukee has just been in a, in a weird little stretch of games where dudes are just, they're playing not, uh, not their usual minutes. Like Drew Holiday been in the low thirties in minutes. Um, Chris Middleton has been in the high twenties, low thirties in minutes the past couple of games. Giannis has been in, in some foul trouble in some games, but games where he's not. T- listen to these last four games for Giannis. In mind you, all of these games outside of one of them have been close games. So 32, 29, 29, and 30 minutes. I just, they're not taking any chances with this guy. He's young. He's an, one of the best players in the league, obviously. Two-time MVP coming off two huge awards in the defensive player of the year and the MVP. They're not risking it with this guy, especially heading into the playoffs. We've seen Budenholzer before just be very stubborn with Giannis's minutes and really not letting him um, play out of hand minutes. So right now, Giannis, I like him. I just, I'm scared with the minutes. He's going to be super high owned today at 20%. I don't mind going a little bit under because you know, with with the uncertainty of Karis LeVert, if he doesn't play and they're missing Brogdon, Jeremy Lamb, Miles Turner, you could see the Bucks running away. That I, I don't want to go overboard on, on Giannis, especially when he's going to be chalk. And then some of these other guys, you know, you have a high-priced Drew Holiday at 8,200, a high-priced Chris Middleton at 8,400, playing low minutes. Ownership's going to be low, but guys I'm, I'm really not that interested in today. I'd rather go to Giannis than those guys. And then don't want to play the bench pieces for Milwaukee. Um their, their minutes are all over the place. Like Pat Connaughton will play 28, 30 minutes one game. And the next game he'll come out and play 14. So he's not a good enough fantasy producer for me to want to get any. Bobby Portis had 15 rebounds last game in 21 minutes. Um, you know, I just he's at 5K. He's rarely going to reach an upside. Not interested there. Don't really want to play DiVincenzo and, and Brooke Lopez playing 26 to 30 minutes a game. Um, I'm just going to stick to Giannis, and that's about it on this team. Onto the indie side. So with Karis LeVert questionable, that is, in my opinion, some of the biggest news on the slate because once he's ruled in or out, ownership is going to shift big time. If he is ruled out, you're going to see massive ownership on guys like, I, I guess Aaron Holiday matters too with because I don't know if he's going to play. He set out the last one. If him and Levert are out, you're going to see McConnell ownership shoot through the roof, which it should. Um, plays around 1.1 fantasy points per minute with all these guys off, and he's going to have to run 30-plus minutes. You're going to see Justin Holiday, McDermott, um, Sabonis, all those guys' ownership just shoot to the moon. You'll probably even see more ownership go to Keelan Martin, a guy whose minutes have been up lately. You're going to see a guy like O'Shea Brissett probably get a couple extra minutes and his ownership get a little bit higher. So that news obviously very important. For right now, if Karis Levert plays – um, I still like a guy like Justin Holiday a little bit. Uh, he, he's probably going to get the start again with all these guys out. Um, Doug McDermott, I don't mind. Going to get to a little bit of him. And then Zabonis still looks really good. His ownership has been anywhere between 15 and 20% consistently on slates. He's had, you know, let's see, out of his last seven games, he's had four 70-point or higher fantasy point scoring days. The usage is up. The minutes are up. The rebounding and assist numbers have been nuts. He's, he's not not a guy like Westbrook, but right now he's playing 
with the usage and the rates of Russell, where, where he's just, you have to play him, especially if he's going to be low owned and, and the pricing isn't going to go um, too high. So I, I like Sabonis. Like I said, if Karis LeVert misses, it makes Sabonis look even better. Um, I have him in for 55 and a half fantasy points. He looks really nice uh, in terms of tournaments. And um, I think Kayla Martin's a sneaky guy. He's getting like 5% ownership right now. If some other guys miss, he's playing over a fantasy point per minute as of late. If he can get 20-ish minutes, you can see an upside game from him. Um, and, and then, like I said, if Karis LeVert misses, TJ McConnell um, becomes a really, really nice play. His rates go through the roof with, with some of these guys off the court. He goes from like 1.02 fantasy points per minute to like 1.15. So like TJ McConnell, the minutes are limitless too. Like The frustrating thing with TJ McConnell as of late is – his minutes have been so suppressed. Like he hasn't seen a 30 minute game in the last five. And we're used to a guy when, when guy, or we are used to this guy getting tons of minutes when guys are missing. Like occasionally, even when he didn't start and, and a guy like Brogdon is missing or Karis LeVert is missing, he'd go out there and run like 35, 36 minutes off the bench. And I just don't understand it. Like guys second in the league in steals right now has a sh- obvious impact when he's on the court. Um, I just don't get it. San Antonio at New York, weird game um, in terms of fantasy because we haven't gotten news on San Antonio yet um, in in terms of if any of these guys are resting. They've been very cautious with a guy like DeJounte Murray, um, DeMar DeRozan, some of these guys as of late. Even guys like Rudy Gay, Patty Mills will get random rest. This is the second half of a back-to-back. They do have to win games here as of late, but... We've seen it in the past where Popovich just doesn't really care what's at stake. He's going to rest his players. And for that reason, I'm a little scared. If we get news that all these guys are good to go, um, I don't really have a reason to believe that they won't be. Just a, It's just recency bias on, on what happens with some of these guys. But if they do play, I know it's a tough matchup, but DeJounte Murray, too cheap. 7K flat? I, I mean... I have him in for almost 38 fantasy points. He looks really nice. We've seen the upside with him. And like against Miami a week or so ago, he scored 56 fantasy points. That's one of the toughest matchups in fantasy is Miami. And he does it in a variety of ways. The usage rate with him doesn't even have to be that high. Like against Boston, he only had a 19% usage rate, but had eight rebounds, seven assists. Um, just fills it up in a variety of ways. Gets steals. He'll get you blocks. Love DeJounte Murray if he plays today. And likes him to Marta Rosen too. 1.16 fantasy points per minute on the year. Um, have him in for, for 40.5-ish fantasy points. Um, doesn't look as good as DeJounte Murray, but in lineups where I don't have a, a ton of – or in lineups I don't have DeJounte Murray, I want to get to a bit of, of DeMar DeRozan. Like a bit, a little bit of Jakob Podol. New York plays big. They're going to need Jakob today. Likes him, Keldon Johnson uh, as well. Minutes are all over the place with him. Um, he'll play low 20s. He'll play low 30s. He'll play high 30s in minutes randomly. So you know, wide range of outcomes for Kellen Johnson, which you like in tournaments. And then a little bit of Patty Mills, a little bit of Rudy Gay. New York is a, a team that just runs their players a bazillion minutes. Um, Reggie Bullock last game played 46 minutes in an overtime game. He played 46 minutes in regulation against the Clippers. Derek Rose off the bench played 39 minutes last game in overtime, 32 the game before that. You know, you're having Julius Randle play 40-ish minutes. RJ Barrett's playing 40-ish minutes in regulation. Um, so the bench guys right now are just either unplayable for New York, to be completely honest, outside of Derek Rose, who's essentially the starting point guard. They're running Alfred Payton 15 minutes a game in a starting role and Derek Rose playing the other 33. So 
Derek Rose is questionable for this one. Reggie Bullock's questionable. Don't have a read on any of those guys. I think Reggie Bullock probably has the most likely, you know, route to playing in this one. Derek Rose is a little bit older. Um, they both are probable, so I have them both in. Um, I, I like some Derrick Rose. And then I like R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle. It's a great matchup for both of them. I think in, in terms of pricing, they're both now a little bit too cheap. The minutes for them are huge. And then if Reggie Bullock plays, don't mind getting to a little bit of him. No one's going to own him because he's his production stinks. He's like a .65 um, to .68 fantasy point producer per minute. But when a guy's running that many minutes, he just falls into fantasy points. And if he's going to be low-owned, I don't mind getting to some. Uh, and then Nerlens Noel has been playing around 24 to 26 minutes. Taj Gibson playing the other 22 to 24. Um, don't mind getting to a, a little bit of each of them because I think they both have an equal opportunity to close. Orlando at Atlanta, 227 and a half point total. Atlanta's favored by 12. Orlando is, is uh, I would say, my least favorite team to roster in fantasy right now. You have guys that are now all priced up. We got RJ Hampton, 5,900. Dwayne Bacon, 5,200. Gary Harris, 4,300. Ignas Dakis has even come up to 3,700. Mo Bamba up to 7,300. Colin Anthony almost at 7K. Mo Wagner almost at 6K. I mean, you have not good fantasy producers outside of Bamba, who's a stud, um, who's also questionable in this game with the Nilnos didn't play last game. Um, Wendell Carter's back anyway, so 7,300 is a really – tough price to pay on him either way but you have guys that are massively priced here right we got guys that that are if they were on any other team they'd be picking up you know low teens in minutes and, and off the bench and now we got these guys into a starting role they're not great producers you got gary harris a 0.6 producer Dwayne bacon a 0.7 rj hampton a point like these guys just aren't good produ- producers and they're not running big minutes you know clifford is is running these guys high 20s a minute to each of them, mid to high 20s. And that's just unplayable for, for them because they're not good enough producers. So Mo Wagner, I would guess, is has the highest ceiling uh, outside of Wendell Carter on this team, but he's still too expensive for me. Only guy I really want to play, I'll get to a little bit of Wendell Carter. I was encouraged by his minutes last game with no Mo Bamba. If Mo Bamba misses again, um, I'd like some Wendell at 6K. He played 31 minutes. He was 3 for 11 from the field. If he hits a couple more of those shots, he had 14 rebounds and four assists. He can have upside. Um, he's probably my favorite Orlando guy. But like I said, even in a, in a decent matchup against Atlanta, who likes to run, I mean, they should get blown out in this game. So I just it's really hard to roster Orlando guys. And then on the flip side of things, we got Atlanta, a team that very hard to read right now. Uh, not a ton of news out. We have... Trey Young probable, so obviously he, he should play in this one. Um, and then you have Bogdanovich questionable, Kevin Horder questionable, Clint Capella questionable, Danilo Gallinari questionable. I mean, the the outside of, of John Collins and Trey Young, those are the biggest pieces on this team. Um, I have them all in right now, and having them all in, I like some Trey Young. I like some John Collins. I would like a little bit of Capella if he plays. Um, I'd like a little bit of Kevin Horder if he plays. And even Bogdanovich, if he's able to play, he's expensive. Probably a little bit too expensive, but we've seen the minutes with him. They've been high. The usage rate has been decent enough, um, and he can get there in tournaments. We've seen it even alongside of Trey Young. Um, just running out there with Trey Young makes it a little bit harder, but it, it doesn't take it out of play. So I like a little bit of Bogdanovich if he's able to play. Um, and then if you see some of these guys miss, like if Kevin Horder misses or Capella misses or something, um, Danilo Gallinari, if he plays, could jump into a, a slightly bigger role, and he's got huge upside in fantasy. Um, so just, you know, be, be aware of the news here. 
um, be, be aware of, of maybe on the second half of a back-to-back, some of these guys resting. It's, it's a matchup against Orlando where they should handle business and they're not going to take chances. They've already clinched playoff berth um, with their win against Washington last night, so they're not going to take any chances here. Next game, Philadelphia at Miami. Um, we'll start with Philadelphia. It's a 217.5 point total. Philly's favored by one. Pretty low total. Honestly, a pretty ugly game for fantasy. Anytime Miami is running up against another team that's great defensively, uh, like the Philadelphia 76ers, you know, it, it, there's not a ton of, of fantasy value unless, you know, one of these guys is ruled out and, and you have some things that would open up. Um, Philly in general is priced up after Joel Embiid la- missed last game. Not, not you know, to the point where you can't play them, but Tobias Harris up to 7,300. He was a little bit too cheap to begin with, so now he's kind of creeping towards where he should be. Ben Simmons up to 7,500. Um, and Joel Embiid went up for t- to 10-4 even though he didn't play. Don't really know why, but um, I don't have a read on Joel Embiid. He was apparently sick last game, um, and he's questionable. Again, non-COVID related, but... I don't know. Joel Embiid has been trying to play as many games as he has just for, you know, MVP consideration and all NBA consideration and, and, and things of that matter. So, you know, if he can play, I think he does play in this one. He got the last game off. Just be aware of the news. If he misses Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons get a huge, huge boost. And I'd like him a lot, but if Joel Embiid's in, I like some Joel Embiid. The usage with him has been just out of control. Um, 46% usage rate against Houston, which is unheard of. Um, 38% usage rate against the Pelicans. They just try to get him the rock every time. And, you know, he, he's got a really low floor, too, because he gets so many rebounds and blocks. Love Joel Embiid in this spot if, if he does play and is a full go. Don't mind some Seth Curry. His minutes have been encouraging as of late, 35-32. Um, um, they blew out Houston, only played 22, but 35-35 in the two games before that as well. So, like the minutes with Seth Curry, he looks to be a little bit more healthy uh, now. So, don't mind getting to him. Don't mind getting to a little bit of Danny Green as well. Him and, him and Seth Curry play at very similar rates. Uh, it, it's just whether one's playing more minutes or not. You're seeing Seth Curry play a couple more minutes than Danny Green right now. He's the younger dude. Danny Green's, you know, a vet, and they're not. They're going to try to save him for the playoffs. They're going to need his shooting and his defense. So just for that reason, I prefer Seth Curry here in, the, in this spot a, a little bit more. I think we're getting Furkan Korkmaz and Matisse Thibel back. I know I know Furkan's going to play, but Thibel's questionable. If he plays as well, just mixes up the bench minutes a little bit to where I don't really want to touch uh, Philadelphia's bench unless you get like a Joel Embiid out or, or something of that nature. We will go to Miami. Um, similar to Philadelphia, their best player, questionable in this one. Don't have a read if he's going to play, Jimmy Butler. Um, if he does play, I would say that he looks good at 8,800. Um, you know, Miami's a team that's trying to win basketball games right now. They're, they're right in the thick of things in the middle. They don't want to play in the play, and they're trying to avoid that. So I believe they're trying to win here, and they're not trying to rest guys. So if Jimmy Butler does play, I like some Jimmy Butler and not a whole lot else. I'd get to a bit of Bam, um, maybe a bit of Hero, and um, uh, maybe a tiny bit of Ariza and, and Duncan Robinson. But if he were to miss, Bam's rates go up a ton. Um, so I would like some BAM. The only problem is if Joel Embiid plays, that's, you know, people get into constant foul trouble with Joel Embiid. So I'd probably limit myself depending on where the ownership goes. Um, I'd like Tyler Hero more. I'd like Kendrick Nunn more because when a guy like Jimmy Butler misses, they run a lot of guards on this team with Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Goran Dragic, Duncan Robinson, who I, I think is more of a two guard at this point of his career. 
Um, and with no Victor Oladipo, if Jimmy Butler misses, they'll run a three-guard rotation. They'll run non-hero and Drogic out there a ton of minutes. So those guys would all get a bump for me. And then you can get to a little bit of Trevor Reza and Duncan Robinson either way. Sacramento at Memphis. Um, it is a 230.5-point total. We will start with Sacramento. Sacramento is just chugging along right now. It is Honestly, it's good for them. I mean, they're winning basketball games. They're trying to stay in the thick of things. I mean, they haven't had the toughest of schedules, but you know they've beaten OKC three out of the last five games. They lost a tough one against San Antonio and beat a decent indie team, beat a good Dallas team, beat a good Lakers team. So, you know, they're fighting for that playing game right now. You know, the odds are not good. The San Antonio's got the clear path to get there, but they could sneak in there if San Antonio struggles at the end of the year. Delon Wright's playing really well. A guy like TD, Terrence Davis, is coming off the bench and playing really well for them. But they got a ton of guys missing. Um, no De'Aaron Fox. No Marvin Bagley. No uh, Harrison Barnes. No Tyrese Halliburton. And uh, Buddy Heald's question, or excuse me, probable for this one. So he should play. They're probably going to start Wright, Heald, Harkless, Metu, and Holmes again. Metu's getting big ownership right now. I'm seeing him close to 40%. He's up to 4K. Um they're up to 4,100, excuse me. He looks fine. I just think when a guy like him's ownership gets really high, if this game stays close, he's not a lock to, 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 to close the game, especially against Memphis where they don't necessarily need to go with him. I, I think Jaron Jackson Jr. right now is going to play. J-Val is questionable. If J-Val misses, they'll probably close with him at the five, uh, Jaron Jackson, and then go with a John Morant, Desmond Bain, um, Kyle Anderson, and Dylan Brooks lineup, in which I think they go and close with – Sacramento would close with Davis, Harkless, Heald, Wright, um, and uh, Holmes. So if Metro's going to be massively, massively chalk right now, like over 40% on such a big slate, he's not in the 3K range anymore. There are, you know, things that could go wrong. Um, in terms of value, he looks good. I have him in for 24 fantasy points. Um, it's just the ownership. If it stays below 40%, you know, it's fine. I'll probably be around 30%. But if he starts getting like 50, 60%, that's a, that's a spot where I'd probably fade Metu. Like a little bit of Harkless, the minutes have been consistent with all these guys out. Um, He's up to 4,600 now, so the price is right. It's just a matter of him knocking down shots. TD's up to 5,900. That's a big price for him, but, I mean, he deserves it. Uh, playing at over a fantasy point per minute with, with these guys off the floor, the minutes have been around 30. So, you know, I like some TD here today. I'm in for 30.4 fantasy points. And then Buddy Heald, he's just a gunner, man. Like, when he's in there, he's going to take threes. He's going to take shots, and it just leads to upside in some games. It's very random, so – like a little bit of Buddy Heel, like a little bit of DeLon Wright. The guy's 8-1 now. I mean, he's expensive. He fills up the stat sheet, but, you know, you're still going to need 50 fantasy points from him uh, to win a tournament, and I just don't know how often that happens. To Memphis, no Grayson Allen here today, and, and like I said, J-Val is questionable. Don't have a good read on J-Val. Um, I, I really don't. So, for right now, I haven't been. Um, he's a true questionable. I, I think it's Honestly, probably 50-50 if he plays or not. Um, but like I said, right now I have him in. If he were to miss, wouldn't honestly do a whole lot for me with Jaron Jackson back. I'd want a little bit of Brandon Clark, a little bit of Xavier Tillman. Their prices have come up to uh, two appropriate numbers. So 
if Javal were to miss, I wouldn't go crazy with those guys, but they would get a, a slight bump. Um, and then John ja, ja Morant would get a, a little bit of a bump as well. But um, for right now, I have him in. And everyone's priced up, like I said, with Javal missing last game. You got Brooks up to 6,100. Jaron Jackson Jr. is 5,900. Um, Kyle Anderson's up to 5,700. So their pricing isn't great. I'm interested in a little bit of Javal. I'm interested in a little bit of Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, a little bit of Kyle Anderson. That's about it. I think if you want to play DeAnthony Melton, um, I understand because I think they go with um, – you know, a, a relatively small lineup if, if J-Val misses, but still, I mean, it, it doesn't look great. I don't really like a whole lot from Memphis. Like I said, I'm going to get to probably 5 to 10% Morant if J-Val plays 5% of him and then, you know, get a little bit of Kyle Anderson, Jaron Jackson as well. I think Dylan Brooks is too scoring dependent for me at 6,100. I just don't think he gets there that often. All right, I'm going to take a uh, quick break, the usual, and I'll be back. Um, to finish it off with the last couple games. All right, three more games to go over. We got Toronto at Chicago, 218.5 point total. Chicago's favored by nine just due to the fact that Toronto is is tanking like no other team you'll ever see. Um, they are just saying straight up, we are going to lose every basketball game and we're going to get our best opportunity at a pick. And, and I don't blame them, man. Like, I would do the same thing. You know you're not winning a championship with the, with the group you got. You've been banged up all year. Um, there's been turmoil with Kyle Lowry, not necessarily turmoil, but just rumors of you guys moving on from him and you should tank. Why not try to get the best pick possible? No OG and Anobi, no Chris Boucher, no Aaron Baines, no Kyle Lowry, no Pascal Siakam, no Fred Van Fleet and no Paul Watson. Um, so we're going to have, I think eight guys available. If I'm seeing this correctly, um, I assume they start Malachi Flynn, Gary Trent Jr., Stanley Johnson, Ken Birch, and then. Um, the third one, or the, excuse me, the fifth one is a, is a bit of a toss-up, but I would say the most likely outcome is Utah Watanabe get, getting the start. But just be uh, prepared for a starting lineup here with this team because it is very important. Um, I was a little bit surprised last game. Um, I know Chris Boucher was playing and played like 37 minutes, but they didn't run these guys a, a ton of minutes. I know the game blew out a bit, but you know you saw low 30s for the starters outside of Chris Boucher. Nick Nurse is a guy who runs his starters a ton of minutes just in general. And so I was a bit surprised to see that. But I think with Chris Boucher out, these guys are going to be forced to play big minutes. Um, you're going to see a ton of ownership here. Uh, Gary Trent Jr., Malachi Flynn, Yuta Watanabe, Jalen Harris. Those guys are all going to be over 30% owned, I would assume. It's just they're underpriced for their roles right now, and they're going to have to play big minutes. Um Jalen Harris is a guy where I'm not completely sold on that ownership as of right now. He's up to 3,800, and he only played 25 minutes off the bench last game. He, he's not a, a you know a studly fantasy producer, around 0.9 fantasy points per minute, which is still good. And I have him in for, for 26 minutes with all these guys out, so he grades out well. But if he's not hitting his shots, if he's going to be overly chalk um, coming off the bench, I don't necessarily think I want to eat the chalk on him, especially he's going to be the most owned Toronto guy. Unless you see him jump into the starting lineup, then in that case, yeah, I think he's a pretty safe play. Ken Birch is getting the least amount of ownership in terms of the starters. He's only going to be around 5% owned. Just for that reason, I, I like getting some Ken Birch. With, with Chris Boucher out of the lineup, it's going to help his rebounding. It's going to help him in the pick and roll. Um, I like some Ken Birch at 6,300. It's a big price to pay, especially on, on a slate with a ton of good centers. But you know when he's going to go the least owned on a team that's very chalky and, and has just as good as an opportunity as some of, these rest of these, some of the rest of these guys to hit a ceiling, I like getting to some of him in fantasy. 
Gary Trent Jr., extremely scoring dependent. Um, like we saw last game, three for 16 from the field and dudded. But, you know, he does one of those games where he goes 15 for 18. He's going to have a big game. Like getting to some of him in tournaments. Malachi Flynn underpriced, 5,700. Have him in for almost 30 fantasy points. He looks really good. He's going to be really chalky. And then Stanley Johnson, going to pick up like 15% ownership. I think that's fine. Freddie Golovsky's picking up like 25% ownership. He's going to come off the bench, probably run mid-20s in minutes. Another guy to where if he's, you know, coming off the bench and going to run mid-20s, I know he gets some rebounds, but if he doesn't score the rock, there, you know, there's just no upside with him in fantasy. So when these when this team is going to be that chalky, not avoiding the whole team, but just picking and choosing some of these guys to go over on and, and under on, I think is, is very important. Um, just to go over what, what I just said, I'd probably go over on a guy like Malachi Flynn and go a little bit over on a guy like Ken Birch, a guy like Gary Chen Jr., but I'd probably go under on Jalen Harris. I'd, I'd go under on Freddie Golovsky, and I'd go uh, a bit under on a guy like Utah Watanabe. I just think their prices are up now, and they're not guaranteed minutes, and they're not guaranteed usage. They play the Chicago Bulls, so we will go to that side. Um, Chicago's still technically in the race, kind of. Um, you know, they're almost three games back of the Wizards. A lot would have to go right for them to get in. They'd have to win out, and I think the Wizards would have to lose out. So the Wizards don't play tomorrow. They're going to play this like a, a game seven, and they, it's a must win for them. So I think they compete here. The pricing on their on their team now is just extremely appropriate. Like, you're not getting any discounts here. Vucevic, 10-2. Uh, Levine's 9-3. Kobe White, 6-7. Those are the three, three guys I want to play on this team. Um they just don't grade out that well. I have Kobe White in for 32 and a half. I have Zach Levine in for 45. I have Vooch in for 50 and a half. They're all hovering right around 5X. I'm not going to get to a ton of them. Um, it's a good matchup against Toronto. It's just there's blowout run or excuse me, there's blowout uh, potential here uh, against a Toronto team that has no one. So don't want to go too crazy. I'll probably get to like 2 to 5% of each of those three guys. And then if you want to play a guy like, you know, Laurie Markkinen or, or – you know, Thad Young off the bench, that's fine. I don't really want to play Daniel Tice. Minutes have been down. He's been banged up with a hip injury. Um, he, he's a bit expensive for me. And then Pat Williams just doesn't get enough shots, not enough usage for me to be interested. Denver, Minnesota, 235.5 point total. Um, Denver's favored by six. Man, Michael Porter Jr. is going to be out in this game. And it used to be the Michael Porter Jr. and Jokic show. Now with him out and Jamal Murray out um, and Will Barton out, and P.J. Dozier out, it is going to be Jokic doing whatever he wants. He is 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 10 or – no, he's up to 11K um, now. It's a great matchup against Minnesota. I love the spot. He's probably going to be one of the chalkiest centers on the slate, if not the chalkiest. I would assume he gets north of 25%. It's just with these guys out, he's going to do a little bit of everything. I haven't been for 58 fantasy points. It looks like a really good play. Um, I prefer him to some of the other studs, prefer him to Jokic. Um, I guess like if, if you think about it, this slate doesn't really have a ton of like high price guys for them reading nine games. Like you have Giannis, you have Jokic, um, you have Embiid if he plays, but there's really not that many like really highly priced guys. So uh, I, I like Jokic the most in terms of the studs. Fukuno Composite is going to have to play big minutes again. Played 37 minutes against Charlotte. If this game stays close, he's probably going to play upwards of 35 again. They just don't have any point guards. Um, Austin Rivers playing two on this team. And with no Monty Morris as well, like 
Marcus Howard is the only other point guard, and he's not going to play. So Capazzo's in for some good amount of run here. I like him. Whoever starts out of Paul Millsap and Jermichael Green, I will like because when Paul Millsap comes off the bench, he usually runs 16 to 18 minutes. But when he starts, he, he gets in the low 20s. And then Jermichael Green, similar. Like when he comes off the bench, he's going to play 18 to 20 minutes. But when he starts, he can go, get up to 30. So whichever one of those guys starts is probably going to be a little bit more chalky. But, you know, their minutes are a little bit more secure. I like both of them. I think they're two of the best plays in the slate. Want to get to a little bit of Austin Rivers. Plays around 0.7 fantasy points per minute. Not a great producer, but his ownership is relatively in check, around 10%. Don't really like Aaron Gordon that much. The minutes have been low. There's really no true upside with him. Like, he had 33 fantasy points last game, and that was like an upside game for him. If you want to win a tournament with him, you got you need like 35-plus. So, really not interested in there. Don't really want to play Shaq Harrison, although I think he'll pick up a couple extra minutes. I'm just going to stick to Jokic. And then getting to a, a good amount of Kuna Composite, who's relatively low-owned, and some Paul Millsap and Jermichael Green. Minnesota, without Malik Beasley again, I just am going to assume he misses the rest of the year. Um, I think he is missing the rest of the year. I just – I don't know. I think he's unlikely to pay, play in the last couple of games. Don't think he does. Um, Jared Vanderbilt has been starting, and they're bringing Jane McDaniels off the bench, but they're both playing around 24 minutes, so I don't really want to play those two guys – and then the other guys just aren't getting enough for me to be interested. So I'm, you know, I'm looking for Carl Hee Towns, Anthony Edwards, Russell, and Ricky Rubio as my four guys I want to play on this team. I think Carl Anthony Towns looks the best. Um, he, he's down to 10K flat. It looks really nice on paper. Um, this game should stay close. Minnesota's been playing really well. And now with some of these guys missing on Denver, I think Minnesota has a good chance not only to win this game, or excuse me, not only to, to stay close, but to actually win this game. So I like some towns. He's going to be low-owned. You're going to have D'Lo and Ricky Rubio also low-owned. I, I like getting to both of those guys. Ricky Rubio's minutes have been consistent as of late, uh, over 26 minutes in four out of the last five, and one of them was just game script dependent against Memphis. So like some Rubio playing around a fantasy point per minute, has scored 36 or more fantasy points in four out of his last six games. He's 5,600. The upside is nice with him. Like, he scored 50 against Golden State. Doesn't even need to score the ball. Like, you know, he gets you rebound. He gets you assists. He's going to get you some steals. So, like some Rubio, sneaky. Like some Russell. Um, I prefer Colin Anthony Towns to Anthony Edwards now at their pricing, but um, get to a little bit of both of them. Last game of the night, we got Portland at Phoenix, 231.5 point total, um, five-point uh, underdogs for Portland. Phoenix obviously favored by five. This is, like I said, this game is two hours after all the rest of the slate ends, so you're not going to see a ton of ownership here. You're not going to see, you know, really, really nice plays. Like, no one looks great. Both of these teams are, are healthy for the most part, so – I like attacking this game in, in a way or just getting over on some of these guys. Um, we'll start with Portland. No one getting 10%. Uh, I would assume, you know, Lillard, McCollum, Nurkic, all are sitting around the 5% range, and then everyone else is going to be unowned. Um, so I like Lillard. I'm probably going to get too over the field on him. I like some CJ McCollum lineups. I'm not going to play both him and Lillard in the same lineup. I don't think this is the – uh, spot for that. I think one of them is enough for me. Then I like some Nurkic too, if he plays on the second half of a back-to-back. He won't run probably more than 30 minutes, but he's a good enough fantasy producer. We're at 7K, like like he did last night. Scored 53 fantasy points, and that's a that's a great number for him at that price. So like some Nurkic at low ownership. And then Melo has an opportunity to close over, um, over uh, Robert Covington in any game. So like some Melo as well. 
Uh, I'm not going to go crazy with it, but at low ownership, I'm going to get to like three to five percent. Closing it out with the Phoenix side. Phoenix is a team that has just an odd rotation. Uh, you're seeing Cameron Payne right now playing like 20s, mid to, or excuse me, low 20s in minutes. Um, really weird, uh, but he's been playing well, so you, you can't blame him. Uh, Cameron Payne is 4K now, so just not that interested. You're going to need a 30-point game from him to really have the upside you want in fantasy. You know, if this was a game where I thought maybe could blow out, I'd be a little more interested in Cameron Payne, but I think this one stays close. I have him in for just under 20 fantasy points. He looks like an okay play, but like some Chris Paul, like some Devin Booker, have him in for basically 41 and 40 fantasy points a pop. Um, Devin Booker is a guy that's very scoring dependent, and I like this matchup against Portland. I think he's going to have a nice game. Um, same with Chris Paul. If the game stays close, they're fighting for the one seed um, with Utah, who just lost last night, which helps them. So I think they 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 run Chris Paul out there. They run Devin Booker out there. I like both of them. DeAndre Ayton's not getting ownership at all. I like this spot for him as well. Uh, definitely going to get over the field. He's coming in under 1% right now. I'd like getting like 5% of him. I think um, at 6,800, he is questionable in this game. So I don't know if he plays. If he misses, Kaminsky probably gets the start or Dario Saric. And in that case, I'd like one of those guys. But for right now, if Ayton's in, I, I like some Ayton. Like some McCall Bridges at no ownership. Like some Jay Crowder as well at no ownership. But other than that, not really going to play um, much else from this team. Yeah, that does it for this edition of the podcast. Like always, appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, go follow me on Twitter at Sarge underscore NBA. Um, I'll be back tomorrow to break down um, a fun Friday slate with a lot of games. <laughs> there is going to be these last, you know, we, we got the playoffs coming up a week from Saturday, I believe. So these last, you know, couple, I don't think there's games on Monday um, through Thursday or Monday through Friday, but then um, I'll be back to break down the playoffs on Saturday. But, you know, you're going to have some big slates here to come up. I think Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, Sunday, every team in the league is playing, like 15 games. Saturday, I think there's there's 10-ish games, and tomorrow I think there's 10-ish games. So a couple big slates coming in. Um, I should have a podcast out for the most part. I, I would say I get at least two or three of those um, days in uh, in terms of a podcast. But follow me on Twitter at Sarge underscore MBA. Um, I will see you guys tomorrow. Talk to you then. Peace.